This is Software Defined Survival, where we explore how software-defined systems are changing the business of AVIT. Today on Software Defined Survival. Raspberry Pi is an interesting story, and today Raspberry Pi has a performance level that allows a professional performance in our display that is serving several needs um, for our customers. And this is where we started thinking about how can we use it for our purposes. So the Raspberry Pi Foundation, they recognized that if they want to grow in an industrial um, area, um, the needs are different. And this is why they developed the compute module. If the product wouldn't be reliable, customers such airports or restaurants that run their digital menu boards with the Raspberry Pi, they wouldn't rely on such a solution. Hi, my name is Patrick Murray. Today's guest is the Strategic Product Marketing Manager for NEC Display Solutions Europe, where he also served as Product Manager for Public Display Solutions. He's also served as Product and Sales Manager for Sanyo Sales and Marketing Europe, and he's also been kind enough to agree to speak English with me today and spare everyone from listening to me trying to speak German. Please welcome Thomas Walter. Thomas, welcome. Good morning, Patrick. I'll do my very best. And so I, but believe me, it's better if you speak English than if I try to speak your native language. Sure. I like to get started to find out how people got involved in the AV industry because it is kind of this niche industry where, yeah, many people don't plan to get into it. It just kind of happens and there's always some interesting stories behind it. So how did you wind up working in AV? Yeah, I was starting after my business studies in market research, in a market research company. And um, we always dealt with product managers and what I, what I liked about market research is that you get a lot of information, um, but how to use it, how to get benefit out of it. That was the task of the product managers and the marketing departments within manufacturing companies. And it became my goal and my target to be there one day. And um, I was starting in the technical area of digital cameras and then Visual systems like projection and display systems have been quite familiar to me. And this is how I got started at Sanyo um, like 12 years ago. Interesting. I, I like that insight. Um, I think a lot of people listening to this work for integrators or their programmers like myself. So that insight into what it's like to uh, work for a manufacturer or, you know, what does this term product manager mean? Um, that gives me some really good insight that that you're actually using market research and and finding out how to what is the real benefit of the product. Can you tell us a little more about that that process? Yeah, in general, a product manager should take care or is taking care of a product. But in real life, um, a product manager and product marketing um, where I'm working in is we are taking care about our customers, about the markets, about the trends also about the competition. And we must find a way that our products, our solutions that we offer fit the market needs. They help you in order to process your work better, to reach your customers um, in a more efficient way, to share information um, to passengers in an airport, for an example, in a more efficient way than competition does. 
And um, and this is our target and focus we are working on every day. That's our main job. So looking back over your career, is there any one product or project that that really hit all of those goals that um that that you really enjoyed doing that was that you would say was a success? Yes. Um I think it's it's even a a strategic element of, of our business setup, um, which um, entirely fulfills the demand in order to focus on the customers. And um, this is what we call open modular intelligence, um, that we allow our customers to plug in an open and modular PC system to our displays, and they can run any application um, with it. So what does it mean? We are, as NEC, we are providing a visual interface to our customers and they can exactly run the application they aim for and they can customize it. And also the product is customizable. If they need more computing power, they get it. If they need a specific software version or operating system, they can get it. If they need pre-installed images on the product, they can get it. And um, we drive this demand um, far away down the road in order to, to fulfill the needs of customers and this is also how, how we came or ended up in, in integrating Raspberry Pi into our displays in the end. Excellent. We are certainly going to talk a lot more about that. You know that as a programmer, I really like this solution. I'm a big fan of all the possibilities of it. But I want to take one step back because as you were telling me that um, it's a products manager's job to figure out what the trends are, what the, what the products, what the features are that the customer needs, I was trying to relate that to our AV systems, which are many times very customized. So it, it seems like you're trying to do two things at once. You're trying to provide a product that does everything that a particular application needs, but you need to maintain the flexibility of allowing integrators to provide these customized solutions. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I think it exactly... Um matches um what you just said um if if as any as i or as nec can't serve all the customers we also have to allow our partners which are system integrators resellers also our distributors in order to to get the solution right that their customers also want so in in some cases we know the end customers and we can support a lot but we also have to set up a, a structure where our resellers can select from a bunch of solutions and provide um, the right ones um, to their customers. And this includes our visual solutions, but it also includes products that are coming from the same area, but not distributed via any C display solutions. And to have the smartness to fully integrate and um, connect these devices to one solution, meeting all the customers' demands, this is what I call a success in the end. Mm, absolutely. That that integration part is really key. And I think it's an interesting approach that you're taking with the open modular intelligence, as you called it, because there's another trend happening in AV where manu uh, manufacturers may try to be everything to everyone, where a switcher manufacturer suddenly sells control products and, and the other way around. So... Uh, Again, do you have any thoughts on on that decision on on becoming more open? In in general, um, our our strategy is always to um, 
work together with the channel. And if I speak about channel, I mean the resellers, I mean the system integrators, and I mean distribution. We never sell um, directly to an end customer. We always use the channel because we we highly admire the value that they are providing, and we also um, need that strong relationship with the with the channel. And um, and in this case, for us, it's important to have close relationships that our our channel partners understand the value proposition of NEC Display Solutions and the open and modular approach, and that they also understand their opportunities. If they use an open display, um, for example, they can they can customize it to customize the display towards their needs, which is which is key. Which also allows them to differentiate at the end customers. It's not just a standard solution they are providing, um, not responding to the individual needs. No, it's their tailor-made solutions. Um, the price is getting not the most relevant factor because it's a solution that the end customer wants because he can see his benefits. And this is our ultimate goal that we target every day. Excellent. Um, so... Let's jump back to the Raspberry Pi solution because that obviously provides everything you were just talking about or has at least the potential to. Where did the original idea of installing a Raspberry Pi or any kind of mini computer directly inside a display, where, where did that idea come from? The, the idea started a few years ago um, when in digital signage, our customers talked to us and said, it's it's so great to have a digital poster, a digital sign that we can remotely control, where we can show dynamic content, where we can um, also integrate it into a network system and flexibly react on, on various demands. Um, but we always have to have a computer aside, which is quite bulky and difficult to install. Imagine in an airport, um, if you have a screen above a gate and you want to show to which airport this plane is leaving um, and you need to install a big 19-inch rack PC next to the display, this gets difficult um, and potential for lots of failure. And then we had the idea to integrate a PC into our display. So it's an embedded solution. It's protected. Also, it comes with some safety and theft um, safety that is embedded in the screen. So um, we, we developed our own PC that you can just slide in our display. But the time you need to update the, the computing device, you can just take it out uh, and slot in a new one and run with an entire um, up-to-date solution. In general, the lifetime of a computing device is shorter than um, of a display. And this is why we also think in terms of financial um, recommendation, it makes sense to separate the display from the computing device, allowing a seamless integration. That was our starting point. That's pretty interesting. So I like the way you listen to the channel, right? They told you what they needed. And then when you started looking about at that solution of building the computer in the display, there were some practical issues like how long will this thing last? How can we swap it out? How can we update it? And that's how you came up with these slots where it's built in, but it's still removable and replaceable. I, I think that's uh, an interesting solution. So you were talking about a built-in computer that's not the Raspberry Pi module, right? There's another kind of slot? 
Exactly. So we started with this embedded computing device. We mainly used Intel um, processors and Intel computers um, in or with an x86 structure in order to allow digital designage as it was the most common development these days. And it is still today, to be fairly honest. Um, but we saw many developments. I think one of the main drivers was the development of computing performance in devices such as smartphones or tablets, making computing devices much smaller and um, also different manufacturers came to place like ARM-based processors. And then five, six years ago, it was Raspberry Pi who not only um, revolutionized the size of computing, but also the cost. Um, the basic idea was in order to allow everyone around the world um, students around the world, people that live in areas that down the low purchase of expensive computing devices to be a programmer and to see what IT and computing can do. And um, Raspberry Pi is an interesting story. And today Raspberry Pi has a performance level that allows a professional um, performance in our display that is serving several needs um, for our customers. And this is where we started thinking about how can we use it for our purposes. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that in our industry as well. The Raspberry Pi did start out with different intentions, right? It started out to help teach people how to program as, as a tool for teachers to teach students how to program. And it's become, like you said, almost an enterprise grade piece of hardware that can be used, right? It's, it's just Linux and the electronics are pretty much standard across the board. Um, and it is uh, able to run 24 seven for many years, but I sense a lot of resistance. Like it still has this, um, a little bit of a branding issue, I think, where people think it's a toy or a DIY type of a device. Do you, do you, do you see the same thing or are there maybe certain verticals that have more acceptance for the Raspberry Pi? I can fully understand the background of this thought and, um, you must be aware that Raspberry Pi is available in two different form factors. There's the external Raspberry Pi, which you could also, also connect to any display for sure. But um, we are using the compute module and the compute module is made for industrial use. So the Raspberry Pi Foundation, they recognized that if they want to grow in an industrial um, area and um, the needs are different and this is why they developed the compute module which is a credit card sized computing device and one big difference for instance is that the storage is already on board so with the external raspberry pi you have to use an external sd card slot for um, for storage and this is causing some trouble um for for a stable um, operation but the compute module itself it's super reliable and the setup of the Raspberry Pi is quite, let's, let's call it easy or simple, which makes it also um, quite failure free. So it's very reliable. We provide 24 seven operation for it and we haven't seen any problems so far, which is um, also for myself, um, the biggest proof and um, a confirmation that people um, can rely on the Raspberry Pi. And if, the product wouldn't be reliable. Customers such airports or restaurants that run their digital menu boards with the Raspberry Pi, 
they wouldn't rely on such a solution. Yeah, obviously, if if those menu boards go down, people cannot order their cheeseburgers, and uh, yes. that has a direct impact on how much money they make. So, it's great to hear that you're getting that positive feedback. Um, just a quick point about the SD card, right? The Raspberry Pi Model Three, not the compute module, runs on an SD card, and all SD technology has a limited number of writes. So, if you write too much to it, it'll just stop working eventually. And there are ways around that. We uh, we have an image where the SD card can be completely in read-only mode, so it never gets written to. And up until now, that's been a pretty stable solution. I'm holding a compute module in my hands. It's I think it's oh. small, I think it's smaller than a credit card. <laughs> so it's let, pretty small. Yeah. So you talked about digital signage. Obviously, you could show web pages. You could probably um, show movies, right? You could exactly 1080p video. I'm sure if it's locally uh, stored. What other applications have you seen? In, if we talk about digital signage, I think the beauty is compared to an analog poster, a printed poster, um, that the content is dynamic. If you um, and this comes with various benefits. For instance, let's take the menu board example of a. Um, restaurant, you can change the content depending on daytime. So if your breakfast menu is different than lunchtime, you just shift it from one second to the other. That's pretty smooth. Um, another one is that you can show moving content. So you can just have animations. You can also run full HD videos on the display. You can um, remotely update the content, but the Raspberry Pi and the beauty of the Raspberry Pi is that it's an entire IoT device, you can say. So within our connectors in the display, it's directly connected to a network, to a LAN, and um, you can combine it with sensors so it can react on the amount of people, on the weather, on all different kinds of, of sensoric um, input or other input, and it can flexibly react to these situations in order to assure that the content which is shown on the screen is relevant to the audience. And this is making digital signage efficient because if you have a, let's call it a stupid or simple um, printed poster on the wall, it's there. And if you read it or like it, you don't know, you can't measure success. Um, and all this can be done with the Raspberry Pi and an intelligent systems. And this is also what makes the Raspberry Pi so powerful for digital signage. It's not only um, dynamic and content and movies that can be played back, but also it's the entire intelligence around the Raspberry Pi that can be used for a more immersive digital signage experience for the viewers and the audience, but also for the operators to get better analysis um, in order to see how does it work, am I successful, what is working well, where do I have to improve, so they get immediate feedback. They also get immediate feedback on whether the screen is running or not. Um, so it's a pretty smart solution in, in general with lots of um, potential you can use. And I think that the Raspberry Pi community, which is very active in providing solutions, um, is a great driver in order to create new applications um, for the Raspberry Pi usage in our display. 
Yeah, I, I like the fact that you brought up IoT because I think that's a, a confusing term for people in, I'll just say in the AV integration space, because we've been doing networks of things for a long time, right? A serial yes. touch panel, display, a matrix. We connect all these things together and, and form a network of things. But the internet provides so many more possibilities and many of our AV devices simply are not internet connected. And having that built-in computing power allows you to communicate with the internet over secure protocols. And um, yeah, having a sensor in the room, whatever that is, a motion detector, occupancy sensor, or even maybe some kind of a Bluetooth detector where you could detect what kind of phones, what kind of make and model of mobile devices are are in the area and then sending that up into the cloud, perhaps using some artificial intelligence to decide what the correct menu to display is, what to actually show on the screen. I think those are some really fascinating applications that could have uh, yeah, real impacts on, on a company's bottom line that could really actually make money. Do you have any uh, examples of anything maybe a little bit off the beaten path, not strictly digital signage? Um, yeah, the the connection to the internet is a, is a is a great opportunity because it's it's one device and this place always provided um, the functionality to be part of a network and with the Raspberry Pi we are expanding these opportunities and um, you have been just touching some of the areas where the Raspberry Pi can also be of use. So um, in in our case, to be fairly honest, the experience which with digital signage is the most experienced one that we have. And um, when we talked the first time and I got all um, the input from your side, I could also easily see how you can use the um, the Raspberry Pi for, for different scenarios. In our case, it's also the remote management of the displays. So you can use the Raspberry Pi in order to fully control the entire environment. Um, and to run a display network very efficiently. And just imagine um, in a corporate office, if you can ensure that all screens um, that need to be turned off at 8 o'clock um, are turned off at 8 o'clock and don't run the entire night um, and have lots of power consumption, um, is saving a lot of money. So it's also these operational benefits you can get out of the Raspberry Pi and all the flexibility in how to control um, the displays. But if it comes to an application area of meeting and conferencing where people are um, having business meetings and an exchange of information, the Raspberry Pi can also do a lot of jobs and here it's also your solutions where I've been quite fascinating of what's possible today. And this is the idea. So the, the Raspberry Pi is a great tool. It's a platform and we are relying on partners and that are developing solutions for the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Uh, thank you for mentioning my solutions. I appreciate that. And um, just for kicks, I, I'll list a few of the things that I've been doing with it. I, I have a, a P404 multi-sync here on my, on my test bench with a, a Pi compute module built into it. And we're doing network screen sharing. So I can share a Windows or Mac screen directly with the Pi module and it shows up on the display. Um, we're doing many of the digital signage applications you talked about. We could show video, we could show URLs. Um, I have Node-RED installed on the compute module. So actually the display becomes 
a control processor, which I think is kind of amazing. You could hang a, a display on the wall and have a built-in control processor. Um, and once you have that, well, then you could connect to the internet and do, like you said, some remote management of any device that that uh, control processor connects to. You could collect anonymous usage statistics. Um, we've integrated Alexa voice control with it. Wow. We've connected it to IFTTT, which opens up all the apps that they already have under control. The possibilities really are amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm really curious about what it will take because I think it's only a matter of time. Having all that in one display is pretty attractive, but what will it take to... Um, really get consultants and planners and integrators to start thinking a little differently and taking advantage of all of these possibilities. Yes, I think the AV industry is a very traditional industry with a long-term history and it will remain, but the IT part, it's coming into this area. And, um, um, and here is a great opportunity for the AV industry in order to make use of the opportunities IT is providing to them because the AV industry, they have a long-term history with their customers. They know them very well. They know the needs and um, they have set up a, a great connection to, to these corporate office customers, for instance. And the Raspberry Pi is providing them also a let's call it the tool set in order to differentiate from competition because um, as you just explained with Raspberry Pi, you can run a lot of operations that are available today in a different way or you can run operations that aren't even available today. So providing new benefits, new opportunities, new thoughts on how to solve an issue in a company to companies and um, this is where we must educate our partners. This is where we must be visible in order to showcase the solutions, in order to provide an insight on what's possible today. And if we do that successfully, I'm also pretty sure that um, the Raspberry Pi or solutions that are run on Raspberry Pi, so that also the Raspberry Pi takes a step back and is just doing its job, providing a solution an end user wants, um, is providing great benefits for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I forgot. There's one more application, and I'm sure I'll think of plenty more if you let me keep going. You could serve web pages from the Raspberry Pi, so that could be your yeah your control interface, your visual control interface is just a web page that that you browse to to control the room. Um, so I think we've talked a lot about the Raspberry Pi, and we could go on about that, but. I, I like this modular idea and I want to touch on one last part of it. So you've got computing power, you've got uh, different kinds of slots to handle either the Raspberry Pi or maybe a more robust computer or more powerful uh, computer. What other, what other kind of inputs uh, are available? What other kind of slot based um, connections are available? As you said, our latest generation of large format displays comes with two different slots. The one is um, purely available for the Raspberry Pi. It's sitting on the back of the display. You can easily um, open the back door of the display, slide it in, fix it, and, and run the Raspberry Pi and the display driven by the Raspberry Pi. And then we do have another slot, which is called OPS slot, 
OPS stands for Open Pluggable Specification. And it was um, the first industry-wide standard in order to ease digital signage, to, in order to include computing performance on a standardized form factor, allowing different manufacturers to provide computing power for the displays, but also allowing um, digital signage um, display manufacturers to offer one slot for smart um, computing integration. And we have been taking this approach a bit further as we widened um, the the computing performance level to also include several signal interfaces to be in integrated into the OPS form factor, which means we can add different interfaces to displays that are important for several more niche applications um, and they can be upgraded and integrated when it makes sense, but they are not fully embedded or integrated in the display from the beginning, which would raise the cost um, of a display and um, the use of certain interfaces wouldn't be available or addressable to a big part of the market. So we do have SDI signal interfaces mainly for media and broadcast people. We do have HDBase-T, which is a classical signal over IP solution for the AV industry. And you can upgrade all of our displays with an HDBase-T receiver and transmitter system, which is quite smart. So you don't have the limitation of um, digital signals that starts um, from 10 meters onwards with HDMI and DisplayPort cables if it's not the highest quality level. And we do also have um, some specific DisplayPort and HDMI extension opportunities for, for the screens when the amount of HDMI and DisplayPort receivers is not high enough. You can add a fourth and fifth um, HDMI signal or an additional DisplayPort signal to your screen in order to address also various demands in control rooms or meeting and conferencing where several input sources shall be um, displayed at the same time on a large format display. Wow. Again, that, that's, uh, it makes it, I really like this open uh, flexibility that's involved because when I got started in AV, you designed a system and uh, you took the different components that you needed. And I like the way that you have all these flexible options right in the display. You could have the computing power right in there. You could have an HD based T receiver built into the display, which I think is really interesting for maybe point to point applications. You have a conference table with a, an input and uh, maybe it's a little further away where an HDMI cable or even just pulling an HDMI cable is something nobody wants to do. You'd rather pull a cat cable. So having that receiver built into the display is a pretty interesting application. Are there any other applications coming down the line? Because it sounds like this OPM spec is, uh, is, is quite flexible and, and can handle other types of interfaces. In, in general, it's entirely flexible. And we are, we are watching the market demands. We are listening to the market. This is what I was just telling in the beginning. And, and here, um, the smartness of this open um, platform comes into play. Whenever there's a, a demand from a customer and it also business makes business wise makes sense. We are open to develop it. And um, there's also many external companies that are providing OPS um, plugin modules for our display. So it's not only us providing OPS devices, but it's also 
um, the entire industry that is providing several standards or modules that can be used um, for digital uh, for digital signage, but also for other applications. And whenever there's a need, we are we are ready and happy to talk about it and see what we can do. Wow, that's amazing. So a third party could say, for example, uh, develop uh, an SDVOE input card for an NEC display. For sure. We, we do see many different um, manufacturers that deploy their um, OPS device that can be then seamlessly integrated into the display. Yes. No, I like it a lot. Just just from a design perspective, having one device that, that handles all these different functions, but you still have that modularity in case something fails, you could swap it out pretty easily. I really like that from a design perspective. So one last question um, about the Raspberry Pi and all the possibilities there. How would, if somebody wants to get started with that, how would they suggest um, you get started? Where would they go for any kind of a training? How, how would they, yeah, just basically hit the ground running? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a valid question because um, if you start with the Windows-based systems, the experience level is, is much, it's much higher as um, more or less everyone is used to work with Windows and we have great experience from the past where Raspberry Pi in an industrial use case is still relatively new. In, in our case, what we did also when we started to be more precise in, in developing this idea, we started talking to the software developers um, that provide solutions. Like I said, passenger information in AirPods, there's many companies that provide specific software and they set up an entire um, software that can be easily um, installed on the Raspberry Pi and once you start the display and integrate the Raspberry Pi, you start off with the entire solution. So if you are an end user and you start or you want to start using a, a solution for meeting and conferencing, um, my proposal would be to get in contact with you, Patrick, or if it's <laughs> digital signage, um, talk to NEC and we will connect you to um, the many digital signage software manufacturers that are also providing um, solutions for Raspberry Pi like ScreenD or Yodec. Um, and they have different license models. They have different performance levels. And um, when we understand the demand of the application and of the customer, we can easily guide um, them towards the right solution and towards the right software provider in order to match the demands. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. And of course, I'm always happy to talk to anyone. I really enjoy talking about this. And uh, if anyone is out there is a programmer, I would definitely encourage them to start learning more about Linux type systems or JavaScript, any kind of a new programming language, because there's so much potential here. I think it could be a, a nice way to differentiate yourself and um, provide some, some unique solutions. I would have one one last comment from my side because this might be in interesting for the AV people listening. The open modular um, idea is not only available for our large format displays. We also have um, several um, installation projectors, the bright ones um, for meeting rooms, but also we can see more and more usage in digital signage um, where you can plug in OPS computers, which is Intel-based processors and all the signal um, interfaces I've been just talking to. So the modularity that we offer is not just limited to displays, but um, 
as installation projector is still a very big and growing topic in the industry, yeah. we also provide it for, for this product category and for many applications that are connected to installation projection applications. Wow, I, I didn't know that. That's uh, I always wondered why um, why everybody isn't doing this. Why why everybody isn't doesn't have a, a compute slot in pretty much every device because it opens up so many possibilities. So thanks for telling us about those projectors. I wasn't aware of that. I'm sure that's a, that's a really great application. If anybody would like to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? They should just call me or send me an email. So I don't know how we share the details, but. Um um, I'm I'm happy to respond any questions. Um, we will also be present at the upcoming IZ in Hall 5 with a big and interesting booth where we also focus on digital signage, meeting and conferencing. There's a lot about collaboration in this area and also large venue visualization. But this most simple thing is drop me an email or send me an, um, and contact request via LinkedIn. So Thomas Walter, um, NEC Display Solutions, and you will find me easily at LinkedIn or Xing. And it's just go ahead and, and talk to me because we are happy to, to know what you want to know and how we can support you. Excellent. Thank you very much, Thomas. Bye-bye, Patrick. If you or anyone on your staff ever considered themselves just an AV programmer, Join the club. That's how I used to feel. I was just an AMX programmer or just a Crestron programmer. Whatever language of your choice is, whatever it may be, there's generally this feeling in AV that we're not capable of using modern programming languages. And it simply isn't true. Sure, there's a learning curve, but once you get through it, all other languages become easier to learn and it just expands the amount of options you have when designing a system. It's not an either-or decision. You don't say, I won't be using these manufacturer tools anymore. It's just you have a broader palette to choose from. And here's what Mark Day, founder of Ideabox, had to say about his experience with the online courses at learnavprogramming.com. You know, Patrick, it's funny how the smallest things can sometimes be the start of really big ideas. Uh, Before I took the learnavprogramming.com courses... I was in that proprietary, I'm only a control system programmer kind of mindset, right? Uh, when it came to new technologies or current technologies like JavaScript or, or things like that, for some reason, I thought that was different from what I'm doing. And what taking your courses flipped for me was not so much what I learned technically taking the courses. It was the mindset of, oh, wait a second, I'm already doing 99% of what some of these most modern programmers are doing. I just have to learn, uh, you know, the other 1%. And that's really what I did. So it's really been kind of a big change after taking the course. Um, And I would really recommend this course to any integrator. Not only will it obviously help their skill set, but more importantly, it might change their whole mindset uh, which is more important and, and, and really show them new opportunities, open the door so they kind of see problems through a different lens. Uh, I got to tell you, one of the, the biggest changes for me was as soon as I taught myself HTML, CSS, JavaScript and saw the UIs that I can make with those technologies, 
I, I just couldn't sell a uh, Crestron touch panel again. Mark is a great example of somebody who takes new information and really applies it. I know that Mark still sells a lot of Crestron equipment, but for him, for his company, for his customers, for his business, he needed a better UI. He needed another option for a user interface, and modern programming allowed him to do that. So the question is, how can you use modern programming to improve your business? Please go to learnavprogramming.com, and wherever you see a sign-up button, go ahead and sign up, and you'll get some free information to get a feel of my learning style and what kind of information is available. And of course, it would be an honor to have you enroll in one of our courses and help you upgrade your skills and take this industry to the next level. Thanks for listening to Software Defined Survival. I hope you found it useful, and maybe it inspires you to try out something new this week. If you have any questions, Go to softwaredefinedsurvival.com and click the appropriate button. I'd love to answer your questions on the air. And if you'd like to help spread the word, please subscribe, comment, and share it with your friends. Thanks.